Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch, a deep dive on baseball and the hottest topics in sports. It's two to two in the bottom of the sixth, and I just can't get my eyes off that man with the tall head. It's quite a game, but man, that guy is ugly. You know that guy hasn't blinked this entire game? Just a dead-eyed idiot out on a Thursday afternoon. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. We're going to be awesome for you right now. On 1080. Hey, one for one, that's about a thousand, dude. At baseball, baby. Help us, please. Somebody help us. The fan. Yeah. Hey, I remember syrup sandwiches and crime allowances for missing on them with some counterfeits. Welcome into the second hour of the Hot Corner. If you missed anything on the first ha- hour, you can check that out on the Les Schwab Tires podcast. Once again, Mike's at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. You can find me PDD085 on Instagram. Timbers. But we're baseball, so we'll we'll get past that. Uh, hopefully that uh, next Timbers game is not on a Wednesday. <laughs> well, if it's next Wednesday, guess who's coming in? No, and I'd have to be here. You'd have to be here. That sucks. No, it doesn't. Never been more upset about sitting in this room drinking beers with John Sukanik. <laughs> I'm just joking. That, that those are the best shows. Yeah. So if you if you have listened to the show for a while, you know. And if you haven't, uh, next week, Big John Sukanik will be in the house uh, to talk some stuff. We'll recap Mariners last the Mariners of the of the 2018 season and where they go forward. Um, I've already been doing a little research on the Mariners. Nathan Eovaldi. I read a very, very good piece by Larry Stone today in the Seattle Times. Friend of the show, Larry Stone. One of the few. (laughs) Years and years ago. And it was a great piece about how the Mariners are stuck in the middle. Yeah. And Jerry DePoto basically said as much in his end-of-season remarks about how, well, they can't really go out and sign big free agents right now because that's not part of the future plan. Oh, but, well, they can't really blow up the team because they have a lot of good young players. So what do you do? Yeah, you're stuck. So we can talk about that next week with John. Maybe he'll give you some cautious optimism like he normally does. Although that's usually reserved for the preseason show. (laughs) Postseason show is a moratorium where he's usually pretty upset. So we'll see. But that'll be next week. Yeah, we'll dive in and and hopefully by then we'll start uh, some some awards will be coming out, some things like that. Uh, So we'll be able to talk a little bit about, you know, I don't know, maybe Cy Young's or MVP's. I haven't seen the actual schedule of when those awards come out but they usually come out fairly shortly after It'll the probably world series. be next week right probably i think they start announcing them like monday's rookie of the year tuesday's manager wednesday cy young thursday mvp something like that it might be that where's the silver sluggers and gold gloves in there yeah Somewhere yeah in there. yeah something like that so hopefully we'll have some of that to chat about with big john it's it's one of the three best shows of the year spoiler the other two are with big john so tune in for that next week uh the Red Sox win the World Series, which is what we're kind of talking about. And Steve Pierce is named the World Series MVP. The Yankee killer, Steve Pierce, as Mike Lynch likes to, likes to call him. That's true. Um, and I thought this was kind of interesting. I thought uh, I was a little surprised that they gave it to Steve Pierce. I thought, not not to take away from him, I thought he had a good World Series. I, I thought because of the story, because baseball, you know, media loves drama. 
not necessarily baseball, but media loves drama that this MVP had David Price written all over it. Really? I did. I thought because the MVP his, had Nathan Eovaldi written all because, over it. Well, and I'll get to that in a second, but the reason I thought it was it was David Price was because game two and game five, he pitched extremely well, and I know it shouldn't count, but against the Astros, he pitched well also. Um, and then he came in in game four, or was it game? It was game three. He came in on game three pitching two days before that and pitched a shutout inning. I just thought because of the trials and tribulations that man has gone through in the playoffs, the amount of money, the amount of heat he takes from the media, that that would have swung it and they would have loved the good story and said, David Price, here you go. You are fully vindicated. I could see that. Um, Because that's a lot of times what these MVPs are, that it's like very rarely do we actually get an Andre Iguodala winning an MVP. Very rarely. It's it, just like, oh, the, the Cavs won. Let's let's give it to LeBron, even though, you know, say, um, this isn't happening, but say Tristan Thompson was huge or J.R. Smith hit three game-winning shots. You know, a lot of times it's just like, oh, Mookie Betts, you're the MVP. Here, here's the World Series MVP. Yeah, but sometimes in baseball you'll see it go to that that random guy, and that's maybe why Steve Pierce fits the, the bill for that one. Um, Steve Pierce was huge for the Red Sox all playoff long, frankly, since they traded for him. He, he's been really good. He fits in that lineup in that ballpark really well. It fits a hole that they kind of had with a, a good right-handed power bat to hit it over the monster. And I, I'm not surprised or upset they gave it to him. But I also think in this World Series, it was kind of completely up in the air. Because you're right. There wasn't really anybody who just took off. It was... Oh, it could be this guy. It could be this guy. Like I would, I would vote for Evaldi, because e- even though they lost that game, the fact that Evaldi went six innings and then went back to Alex Cora the next day and said, "I'll start." No, they were like everybody I was, was like, everybody was tweeting. Stupid? Everybody was tweeting. Evaldi just ran out to the bullpen with the guys. <laughs> like he's going tonight. And he said <laughs> he went to Cora and said, "I'm starting today." And he goes, "Your agent will kill me." No, you're not, because he's a free agent this year. Uh, Evaldi is, and he's going to make himself some money after this half season that he had with the Red Sox. But um, I would have given it to him. I, I don't mind Price. I don't mind Pierce. I'm not really sure. if I, I guess there's probably those three were the guys I would give it to. Well, coming in on the Better You Today text line, 55305, let's not forget about this. Jackie Bradley. JBJ. That's true. He had all the clutch hits. I, I also think, though, that we may be a little skewed because JBJ was also pretty clutch in the Houston series that that could compound on top of it and be like, oh, yeah, he should have. I do think he had a good World Series, but let's not forget, part of that is because he was just so hot coming out of the ALCS. Yeah, that's true. Um, I like the point of Eovaldi. I do. I think it's super solid, and I, I think MVPs, I think there's a lot of fun to MVPs being for somebody like a Nathan Eovaldi, who the unsung hero, the guy who went out there and did so much dirty work, you know, because he was he, he that's not the only game he pitched. He came in late in games too and was throwing hundred miles an hour. He was throwing hundred miles an hour in the sixteenth inning, and he'd been in for four innings already. I, I I do like that. I can buy that. I still think if I can go deep down in my heart, which is a cold, black, dark place, it absolutely pains me to say this because I have been on this man's butt for four or five years. I think it should have been David Price. All right, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're wrong. 
I think David Price was awesome, and I think he would have been deserving, too. It would have been a cool redemption story. Does it make you mad that David Price pitched well? No. Oh, it makes me just so fired up. I don't care. I mean. Oh, I care. I, I've never disliked David Price. Maybe that's because the Yankees destroy him, so there's been no hatred built up <laughs> against him because anytime he pitches against the Yankees, they kill him. But I I have no disdain for David Price. He he never did it for me in, in that way. Um, He doesn't have this personality to me that strikes me as smarmy. Or, yeah. or he doesn't seem bush league. He's not. He's not cocky. And well, what are the two terms I never remember that I always use? Cocky and arrogant. Cocky and arrogant. He's not cocky. Cocky and arrogant. He's flashy and exciting. No, he's not flashy and exciting. He's actually really terrible. <laughs> With he, he's million dollar arm, two cent head. He just pulled it together in the World Series. That's yeah. it. For the first time in his career, he pulled it together in the playoffs. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't argue against David Price. I just I like these kind of World Series because it gives you the chance to just be like, well, I wonder who's going to be. Yeah. This is tough. And I'm not going to argue against Steve Pierce either. And I like the Texas of Jackie Bradley Jr. Because that guy is right. Yeah. He, he had Could the most JBJ clutch hits sure. in, in the World Series for sure. Man, Steve Pierce, they got him at the deadline, huh? Didn't they get him at the August deadline? Oh, Didn't really? They? I the post deadline? He might have, yeah. Holy goodness. It might It might have been the regular deadline, but... For some reason, I feel like I remember it being August 31st. How insane is that? That'd be like if Josh Donaldson was the World Series MVP for the Indians. That would actually be the worst-case scenario. That would mean the Indians made the World Series, Patrick. Stop. I know. That's insinuated when I say that. But also, is he going to be there next year? I hope not. Who likes Josh Donaldson? Nobody. Did Rec- he play well for you guys? He, dude, he has set my dynasty, my keeper no, fantasy no, no, league no, no, no. back two years. Has he play, Did he play well for you guys in the last couple months? <laughs> well enough that you'd be like, oh, I can keep him on. Yeah, for like $4 million. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's maybe all he'll take because who's going to sign him to a long-term deal? Yeah, nobody. Everybody sucks. <laughs> Man. Ugh. Why'd I have to bring him up? Now I'm now I'm just all upset. Oh, I'm sorry. Josh Donaldson. I'm sorry. You guys need a third baseman? No. Can actually. a Duhar play short? No. You need a shortstop. Well, for like a month or two. Go get Manny. And then what? I don't know. <laughs> make him play second? And then what? To Glaber. Uh, make him play right? And then what? To Aaron Judge. Uh, make him catch? And then what to Gary Sanchez? Make him pitch. Now we got it. Mm. Now we got it. Ah, I see. Now we got it. There you go. Uh, how much money has Nathan Eovaldi made from this? A ton. Done. And what's funny about Eovaldi. Future starting pitcher of your Seattle Mariners. Maybe. What's And not going to be as good as he was just because that's how it goes. But what's funny about Eovaldi is Eovaldi's always had the stuff from when he started his career, which I believe was with the Dodgers mm-hmm. they went to the Marlins and then he went to the Yankees and then the Rays for one year and now to Boston he's always had a 100 mile an hour fastball or a 98 mile an hour fastball and a good slider but his location was awful he just he was so inconsistent at hitting his spots mm-hmm. when he went to Boston and frankly early he was good this year early for Tampa too you could tell he wasn't missing his spots yeah he figured out something in his rotation where he's hitting his locations now and that makes him a stud pitcher on the market. If he can keep it up, then he's going to make a lot of money and, and make a team happy. But for some reason, it feels like it's kind of like a flash in the pan for him. Maybe yeah. it's just because he's never proven it outside of this couple months span. But it 
He's going to make himself a lot of money. I think a team's going to be pretty disappointed. Yeah, I don't know if I just wasn't really paying attention to Nathan Eovaldi, but when did he become, like, a consistent 100-mile-an-hour thrower? Where did that come from? I was so shocked by that, seeing him consistently hit the gun, you know, five innings in, six innings in, still hitting 100 miles an hour, which is probably the only reason why uh, Max Muncy even got a home run off of him or anybody could have gotten a home run off him because he was just throwing so damn hard. Yeah. I didn't. True. Did you know he threw that fast? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess. I watched him pitch. Well, I also watched him pitch this season. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I didn't. I was just so I, – I knew he was a solid pitcher, and when you talk about that flash-in-the-pan type thing, I can understand that. Um, a guy just kind of getting hot and being in the right situation and knowing what he was doing. I just didn't know he threw that hard. I didn't know he threw that fast a gas. Well, I did read – there was an article about him that I read in The Athletic, I think it was. By the way, if you haven't gotten The Athletic, just do it. Just do it. The content is so, so good. good. Like, across the board in every sport – I don't know how they're doing financially, but they've they have hit it in terms of the quality for me. It's like Athletic and Players Tribune. I like Players Tribune. I feel like the players don't say anything when they try to say something. Where's Darius Miles been? <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. But there are some few and far between good ones. The True. rest are like, I want to tell you a story. And then at the end of it, you're like, so thanks? Yeah. But then you also get great pieces like Kevin Love talked about his his mental health stuff, which I thought was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just poo-pooing it because I've been disappointed too many times. But cheats. It's I cheats. digress. Um, I read an article about Ivaldi and how he's gotten more velocity after both of his Tommy John surgeries because he's had it twice. And each time, it's upticked his velocity by like three miles an hour. I am robot. So that's why. He's I am robot. Now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that. Uh, when we come back, uh, just kind of finish up the wrap, wrap up a little bit of the, the World Series. And I kind of want to touch on something that's kind of the, the dirty secret in Major League Baseball that I'm not really quite sure what's going on. And that is the ratings of the World Series. I'd like to get into that for a minute. And we'll do that next. This is the Hot Corner with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris on 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. I'm pretty obsessed with watching Mean Girls right now. Regina George is is what you think is about to put uh, uh, Katie or Caddy, Katie. What? Never mind. She's about to put Lohan in the burn book, but she decides to put herself in the burn book oh. and then give the burn book to everyone. It's like she's the sluttiest, skankiest bee I've ever met in my life. She should die. And then she gets the the glue out. It's like I'm gonna glue her. Lohan's picture on this and slaps it down and it's Regina George and she's like yeah <laughs> that's a, that's a whole new level of just like solid B I love Mad Gr- or Mean Girls it's so love great it. love it love it it's one of my favorite movies of all time I have no shame in that I think it is very well written I know a lot of people that are in this movie <laughs> obviously not these actors but I know a lot of these people and uh and it's just funny. It's really good. And Lacey Chabert is still super hot. Who would have known? Yeah. Well, they're all pretty hot, to be honest with you. Well, Lacey Chabert was like my my middle school crush. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. She was on Party of Five, and we were like the same age. And I was like, oh, that girl's super And I've always cute. liked Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams is great. Yes. She's great. Man of Seafried. Eh, eh, eh. 
Lohan pre-cocaine? Woo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lohan post-cocaine? Uh, party. Who's the uh, Who's the girl with the black hair? I don't know too. her name, but she was in True Blood, and she is smoking hot. Yeah. Smoking hot. Maybe the hottest girl in this movie. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, McAdams is pretty good looking. Plus, I just went on a lament about Lacey Chabert. Yeah. And Rachel McAdams in Wedding Crashers. Truth. Every man's dream right there. Truth. <laughs> Truth. So, World Series ratings? Yeah. <laughs> Not as good as Mean Girls ratings, I'll tell you that. Let's break you out of your Rachel McAdams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <bit> right. There. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it comes out that World Series ratings are down once again. Um, and this one is interesting to me. I can understand Houston, L.A., maybe not loving so much. I can also understand why Chicago, Cleveland get the spike, not because of Cleveland, but because of the Cubs. But I find it interesting that this is the World Series that clearly Fox wanted, Major League Baseball wanted, everyone on the Internet wanted because they thought major markets, historical teams, ratings going to blow out of the water, and they don't. They're really bad, actually. Really bad. Like some of the worst World Series ratings we've seen in what, four or five years? Yeah. Yeah. I think the the previous one that was this low was, I think it was Royals Giants or Royals, one of the two Royals World probably Series. Royals Mets. Wolf. Well, but New York. Yeah, New York. So maybe. Yeah, probably Royals but Giants. But San Francisco's a big one too. Royals Giants was a good series. I know. So since that, the ratings were apparently very, they're, they're very similar to those. Mm-hmm. Which was pretty shocking to me because of the the Boston LA thing, and you're right, this is probably what Fox wanted. But when I sit there and truly think about it, I I was sitting there going, I don't know why I'm not as excited about the series as I should be. It's two good teams. It's the best team in baseball in the Red Sox, and the Dodgers obviously came back from near death and went through the NL playoffs and played well i think it's fair to say they're the best team in the national league yeah they i'm were. okay with saying that so two of the best teams in baseball i mean granted the the four best teams were in the american league but two of the best teams in baseball thanks mike um you're like how i said four not three thanks man and <laughs> and they've got good players and their star power on both sides mm-hmm. especially for diehard baseball fans and i just couldn't get up for it Mm-mm. because i think in the back of my head, I knew the end result was going to be Red Sox early. Quickly, yeah. And, and in a sweep, in five, whatever the case was. And that's what happened. And I brought this up on primetime earlier today, or yesterday, I think it was when they talked about it. But I said, this is more of a Major League Baseball problem. But average fan, not baseball fan, average fan who watches championship series of any sport doesn't know any of the players in this World Series, except for maybe Clayton Kershaw. And that's with guys like... Yasiel Puig, maybe. Well, that's with guys like Puig, Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, Chris Sale, J.D. Martinez, all in this playoffs, all in this series. And they would go, ah, maybe Kershaw. We had a texture text in when I brought that up and said, I asked my wife and damn baseball player, she only named Ichiro, I asked my wife to name hockey players. She said Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin. And like brutal. That's bad. That's a stab to the chest. And no offense, Kelsey. I love you, even though I know you're not listening. No, no, it wasn't my wife. Oh, was it, was, it? it was a texter who texted oh, in. Oh, okay. She would know a lot more baseball players. Um, although she would name a lot of random mid thousands Chicago, Chicago White Sox. She loves <laughs> Joe Creedy. Um, Joe Creedy? Not even a little like Paul Canerico? Or she loves Joe Creedy. Mark Burley? 
Frank so the Tank? From, she's from Minnesota, so they played on both teams. Um, but the fact that that was the, the case, and the problem with hockey is that most people can't name more than those two players, right? Everyone knows Ovechkin and, and Crosby. Like, everyone knows them. But they can't name more than that. But in baseball, you're telling me you can't name more than a guy who's been retired, quote unquote, for years, even though he played a little bit this year and sure did try really hard in Ichiro. That's even a worse look on Major League Baseball. Like, like the fact that this World Series didn't have Trout, Harper, or Judge, no one knew who the players were, even though you had arguably some of the best players in baseball in this series and combined in two teams. So you think the ratings are down because. You think the ratings are down because of baseball's marketability? No. I think the ratings are down in this series because people thought the Red Sox would win. Because there's a lot of baseball fans out there who, of course, know the players. Yeah. Who, of course, know what's going on. But probably didn't have the same oomph behind it because I think everyone thought it was inevitable the Red Sox were going to win. Yeah. I think that generally World Series ratings have been dropping because of the marketability. Because unless you have one of those guys, and frankly, Mike Trout not, might not even pull it. Because Mike Trout doesn't get advertised the same way Bryce Harper or Aaron Judge does, yeah. right? But he's obviously the best player in baseball. But even he might not pull viewers from the average non-baseball fan crowd because that is where you get high ratings in championship series is from the non-sport fan who's watching it because it's a championship, you know? Yeah. A lot of people will watch a Stanley Cup Game 7 even if they don't care about hockey. A lot of people don't care about hockey but a lot of people will watch a game seven, but nobody was watching this world series. Yeah. And my thought, the thought process for me, why nobody was watching this world series was just because outside of LA and Boston, no one gives a damn, you know, I think outside of LA and Boston, most of us don't root for those teams. Like if you're not a Dodger fan or a Red Sox fan, I think it's hard. I think to the casual fan that doesn't have a team, like say you live in Portland and you're like, "Ah, I'm not a Mariner fan, but I like baseball, but I don't really have a fan they have a team sure that person might root for a Dodgers or a Red Sox but I mean Mike I'm an Indians fan I'm not a rival with the Red Sox or the Dodgers I'm not rooting for either of those teams and if you're a Yankee fan if you're a Cubs fan you're sure is not rooting for Red Sox or Dodgers and I think that's for me that's where I caught a lot of this was I just thought that outside of the Boston and LA market nobody gives a damn I don't know and call me crazy on that but that's just kind of that's just kind of my thought. I know that it, it's like you know. Well, what about what about uh, what about Yankees and uh, let's say Yankees Giants or you know Yankees Diamondbacks? I still think that attracts more people because people are going to root against the Yankees. This is a matchup. But people that if, don't like Boston that much anymore either. But people don't like L.A. the same amount too. That's true. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is it's like like you're going to root? You're going to we're going to watch Yankees Diamondbacks. Because you're going to root against the Yankees. But in this series, like, I can't root for either of these teams. Like, I don't want to see either of these teams win. Plus, I think this is going to go four, maybe five games. And boom, that's that. Yeah. I just think but that, that this, but that's I just think even... this, this big market idea that having teams and historical teams, big markets against each other is a little overblown. But that's an even bigger problem for baseball then. That if you're telling me the only way that you're going to get people to watch is if it's one of three teams that people like to root against, not against another team that someone likes to root against, so that the fans of that team who have a lot of fans, I'm, I'm thinking Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox, maybe Dodgers, 
Uh, I'd say Giants a little bit just because of recent success. Maybe, but I, I doubt that. I think those are the four like people just be like ah screw these guys right. Oh yeah, I don't refer, I don't refer Red Sox or Yankees or right. Dodgers. Uh, and I think the Cubs kind of entered that territory after they won, and, and the fans got a little bit cocky, and they deserve to be. But I'm just saying, I think that happened. I don't know anything about the Cubs winning a World Series, <laughs> but that's a problem in itself. Yeah, that if that is the reliance, then there is a way bigger issue than just you're not marketing your stars. It's why on earth can you not create buzz for a World Series where we've had a lot of really good World Series this mm-hmm. year not included that have been entertaining and have gone the distance and have had a lot of big hits and a lot of big moments? I just don't understand. And maybe this goes all the way back to when we first started the show, we talked about this, and some baseball fans killed me for it, but I still believe it to this day even though I don't like it, is – you're starting to get into the transition of generations where younger people don't watch baseball in the same way. They don't consume it in the same way. Yeah. If they do consume it at all, they don't consume it in the same way. Another text that we got during primetime on the Better You Today text line, which I thought was really interesting, they said, my son loves baseball, but he doesn't watch the game. He goes on the next morning, he goes to MLB.com, he watches the condensed game, and then he comes down and talks to me in detail about everything that happened that I that I knew because I watched the game the night before. And that's not going to be tracked by ratings because he watched it online later. Yeah. So people who are watching it who are younger are consuming it differently. And you're also, I still think, losing the viewers as you get the older generation starts to phase out. So maybe the ratings don't really say the right picture. Maybe people did watch this World Series. I mean, I think the ratings say something. I don't think people watch this World Series. But I, I understand. I think I, I understand. The trend I think, of the ratings is saying I, something. I, I think I understand what you're saying. I, I I think this is a great conversation. That using this World Series as an example is probably not a good example. But I think what you're saying is pretty solid. Fair. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you just said I was saying a good thing, so yeah, of course I'll say fair. For some reason, I was about to get like really mad at you for no reason. And I was like, why are you mad right now? Pull it back, dude. <laughs> because you you kind of feel like I'm right. Yeah, and I hate it when you're right. Because it's always logic-based, and I hate logic-based. I prefer emotional, irrational <laughs> logic. And trust me, and I got killed for this, but people didn't listen. I don't want things to change. I love baseball the way it is. Me I do. You I know like, I'm there. Yeah. You know I'm there. I don't like change. Change is scary for me in life in general. So I don't want my favorite sport that I watch religiously for five months every year to change because – some people who are in our generation, our younger generation, don't like baseball or can't can't consume baseball or can't figure out baseball. Right, right. Justin Verlander had a great tweet. Did you see the tweet in the playoffs? I did not. He goes, I don't understand how people can't like baseball. There's something happening on every play, on every pitch that is vitally important to that game. That is true. I have noticed this postseason. I've, I've noticed in the last postseason, but this postseason was like exemplified it in such a great point. Like every at bat, like you get to the every sixth pitch? inning, you get to the sixth inning, and every pitch, you're just like, "What's going to happen?" The strategy of baseball happen? is so deep, and maybe that's the problem: is people just go, "Oh, where, where, when are we going to see some runs?" And it's like, did you just see that crazy twelve pitch at bat that ended in a ground out that was huge for Clayton Kershaw? Yeah, like that was gigantic. But the person who doesn't love baseball or doesn't fully understand baseball, maybe that's a better way to put it, is going, "Why did I just sit there for eight straight foul balls to watch a ground out?" And it's like, because that batter just fought his ass off to get those ground balls. My sports pants are getting tight, Mike. 
Getting careful. tight. Be careful in there. You're alone right now. Getting tight in here. I can turn the lights off at any second. And I got <laughs> mean girls on the tube. Don't tempt me. I don't want to tempt you. I think I went too far. That's uncomfortable. All right. When we come back, fair or foul, as we'll do a Mike Lynch edition of fair or foul, we'll all just probably sit here and look stupid. We'll do that next. Uh, this is the hot corner on 1080 The Fan. And yes, Dieter, I have a mustache. And here's Mike with sports. Regina George just got hit by a bus. Maybe one year I'll be Regina George for Halloween. Wouldn't that be funny? How would you pull it off? I don't know. Well, tell me. Well, I don't know. Well, just... If you're going to come out with these hot takes about being Regina George, you better have some plans. Well, I don't have plans. It's just, it's just, it's just an I- idea. Everything's got to start with a thought and an idea, Michael. Well, you're disappointing me. Can you, can, you, can you come up with a plan? All right. Give me a week. I'll be back next week with a plan. Great. <laughs> well, I don't have hair, so that's going to be a struggle. Well, a wig. That's easy. Yeah. So I'll need a wig, boobs, nass. We'll have to lose probably about 60 pounds. Okay. Maybe more. Uh, She's really skinny in this movie. <laughs> I got faith, though, man. Okay. Uh, fair or foul, we'll turn this over to our main man, Mr. Mike Lynch. So I don't do this the exact same way as Joe to the point where it frustrated him when he was hosting his show in, in August or whatever month it was. I just like to kind of bring up interesting tidbits of stats. And uh, I'm going to go all postseason edition here, of course, as we just wrapped up the MLB postseason. And I will start here. There is one player who had over 30 at-bats in this postseason who hit 400 or higher. Who is that player? 30 at-bats plus. Yep, so not the first round. The highest batting average in the playoffs was Aaron Judge. He had 421, but on 19 at-bats. He was 8 for 19. So this is 30 at-bats. 30 plus at-bats at a 400 or higher average. Only one. And I'll just tell you it was 400. I believe the answer is my man, Alex Bregman. Incorrect. Alex Bregman only had 24 at-bats, first of all. Dang it! And he hit 292. Well, he was hitting like 550 at one point. Against the Indians. Yeah, we suck. Not against the Red Sox. All right, who is it? You're on the right team. George Springer. George Springer. Dang it. I was going to say Springer, but then I had that, that flash in my mind when Alex Bregman was hitting like 550, and I was like, I know he didn't play well later on, but it couldn't have dropped that much. George Springer went 14 for 35 with three doubles, four home runs, eight RBIs, a stolen base, three walks, only struck out seven times for a 400 average. He's sitting at home going, Carlos Beltran, who? (laughs) Uh, The other guy in that same realm, close to it, Marwin Gonzalez hit 333 and 33 at-bats. Then J.D. Martinez in 50 hit 300. (laughs) That's pretty good. Juan Dulio. Juan Dulio. How much money do you think Marwin Gonzalez is going to make? He's a free agent. I heard the Indians are interested in him. He might get paid. He's such a, I mean, he's a great guy to have because he plays literally everywhere. Yeah. I don't think he's that good. Yeah. He's he's a good guy to have, but he's not that good, if you know what I mean. I just imagine the, like, the Phillies or the Braves going after him, you know? Those guys got a lot of money to spend. So I sorted by innings pitched on the pitching side of this stat sheet. And in the top 10 of innings pitched, two of the pitchers 
had a sub-2 ERA in the postseason. The first guy pitched 22 and a third. The second guy pitched 14 and two-thirds. Can you name the two guys who had a sub-2 ERA in the top 10 of innings pitched this postseason? Have we mentioned their names today? One of them we have. The one, I believe, is going to be Walker Bueller. No. Walker Bueller had a 3-8-0 ERA in 23 and two-thirds innings pitched. Damn. Okay, say this again to me. In the top 10 of innings pitched in the postseason this year, two pitchers have a sub-2 ERA. The first pitched 22 and a third innings. The second pitched 14 and two-thirds innings. Which two pitchers are they? I cannot give you a clue because I think it'll give it away. It'll give it all away. Um, Could Josh Hader be one of them? Uh, No. Josh Hader only pitched 10 innings, but he had a sterling 0-0-0 ERA. He was good. He was real good. Gosh, I don't know, man. Um, I'm trying to think. No real starter blew people away. Well, David Price... David Price had a 3-4-6 in 26 innings. His game against the Yankees, he gave up eight runs. Oh, right. Don't forget about right. that. Yeah, because he sucks. Uh, I don't know, man. Okay. Pitcher. Eovaldi. There it is. Okay. Pitcher number one, 22 and a third innings pitch, had a 1-6-1 ERA, Nathan Eovaldi. And is that 1-6-1 because he gave up a solo dinger in the 18th? He gave up four earned runs in 22 and a third. Oh, okay, okay. That's it. The other guy? One of our favorite guys to make fun of. Really? And my clue would have been a guy who was both a starter and a reliever. National League. NLCS. Wade Miley? Wade Miley. Wow. 14 and two-thirds innings, a 1-2-3 ERA. I was like, no way it can be a Brewer. That's why I was kind of like, Josh Hader? But I don't think he has enough innings. I didn't think it would be Wade Miley. I didn't. I it, I was struggling to think of starters because when I think of starters pitching well in this playoffs, I can't think of anybody. There's one guy who is a starter, who is also sub two, but he wasn't in the top ten of innings pitched. Julius Chassin. Oh, one okay. four six ERA, and then you also had Joe Kelly at a point seven nine ERA. Yeah, game. I knew he. I knew he pitched really well. I wanted to kind of choose him, but I didn't think he met innings matched. Those were the two that I found, and I guess technically we're at the end of the segment, but. If you want to stall for half a second, I could find something for the third one. I, we, I like to do three normally. Sure, yeah, I can do that. Um, Beers on Us podcast comes out tomorrow. That it does. Uh, that we did on site at Berlick. Uh, Berlick Brewing, the new uh, barley pod. Um, that was that was fun. That was really fun. One of the one of the better guests we've had in Eldon, uh, who does all their sales distribution and a bunch of other stuff for Bear Lake. So that was a great listen. You can tune to that. You can find that on the radio.com app, 1080thefan.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Check it out. It's a pretty cool show. Mike and I are having a lot of fun with it. I, thought, can, the, I thought last week's OG Beers podcast was really good. That was a good one too. Yeah, might have been our best or one of our best. Yeah. I thought this week's was pretty solid as well. Yeah, so go back. Sure there's, tune in. there's a couple great ones. I really enjoyed the uh, West Coast IPA one. That was yeah, episode the, two. The OG was really good. The Bear Lake was good. The, uh, we got a little squirrely out in Hood River. Yeah, we got a little squirrely out in Hood River. The uh, what else am I thinking of? Uh, the uh, the Bottle Shop podcast was great yep. with Sarah at Saraveza. That was good as well. Yeah, check it out. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. How about? Do you want strikeouts? Do you want on base percentage or do you want whip? 
Uh, whip, I'll never guess. Um, strikeouts. On base percentage. I'll go on base percentage. Okay. That one backwards. So, on base percentage, you can find... Oh, no. Was I doing this wrong? Oh, God. My previous question was for the American League, by the way. George Springer hit 400. Um, on base percentage. The leader for on base percentage in 20 plus at bats was 553 for on base percentage 11 walks seven hits two doubles two homers five ribbies and eight runs scored who was it whole playoffs yep 24 at bats Man, I really wish the answer to this was Christian Yelich, but I don't think it is because he fell off a cliff real quick. Might be a trick question. Um, I also want to think it's somebody like Mookie, um, because he has pretty good he has pretty good on base percentage. He has pretty good patience. Um, I'm gonna say either Jackie Bradley Jr. or uh, or hell, I'll give love to like Lorenzo Cain. Alex Bregman. Dang it, Mike! That's why I said it might be a trick question. Damn it! No, it's only a trick question because it's my favorite player. Also, the previous one was still correct, even with the National League players in it. George Springer, the only guy who hit over 400. (laughs) Except for Aaron Judge. (laughs) Dang it. Well, that's fair or foul, as we love to do every single Wednesday at 9.30. We'll be back next week, and maybe we'll have to do a John Scannick version of we'll fair or foul. We'll have to, yeah. Yeah, that'll be pretty fun. So we'll do that next. When we come back, we'll wrap this bad boy up as we always do. This is 1080 The Fan. Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. As we wrap up World Series edition of the Hot Corner, um, trying to figure out. Uh, I'm just enthralled by the end of Mean Girls right now. Mathletes. Mathletes is such a great term. That's what everybody tells me when like somebody throws something at me and I don't catch it. Like, ooh, nice, mathlete. What they don't know is I'm better at sports than I am math. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good joke. Well played. It's It's not a joke, Mike. That's honesty. (laughs) I know, but imagine that was a joke as well. Yeah. I couldn't catch it, and they're like, mathlete. But they don't know is I'm better at sports than math. Yeah, totally. It's such a long play joke, but I like it. I like it. Yeah. I I I got some, like, sneaky athleticism in me. Um. Like, uh, I think I, I think I'm actually pretty solid athletically with my left hand, considering that my right hand is, is so much more dominant. You know, I throw with my right, I bat with my right, I, I draw and write with my right as well. Um, I played piano for a long time as a kid and my right hand was always stronger than my left, but my left can actually do decent stuff. And you know why? Cause I played baseball. Yeah. The mitt. Yep. So even though, you know, even though my right is clearly dominant, my left, my left, my left's all right. I will say, and maybe other former baseball players who haven't 
played much baseball in a long time can agree with me on this. I used to be just like perfect at catching anything with my left hand. Mm-hmm. And that has slowly gone away as my right hand has taken over the catching duties. And you've, and you've played less and you're further removed from any form of baseball competition. Right. And I, I can still catch with my left hand, but if something is tossed to me, I will almost always go right hand or at least feel uncomfortable going left hand mm-hmm. because I just haven't played since I was in high school and I haven't really caught a baseball. Yeah. Probably just a couple of years after that in college. And that was it. I, I ha- It's been almost 10 years. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're left handed. I'm sure it'd be like riding a bike and it'd be easy once I got back into it because I played for my entire life until I was 18. But I don't know. For me, it's I think it, for me, I think it's the motion. Like if someone tosses something, like if it's like, hey man, toss me my keys, and they toss me my keys, and it kind of starts to drift towards my right side, but it's still fairly center. I think the natural approach to just lift that left hand and grab it is still kind of there. And I wasn't even good at baseball, but I think it's just that natural. And I watch enough baseball that it's just kind of there. I'm like, I almost feel better backhanding with my left than I do just full open palm with my right. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. I'm not I like I'm saying I'm not exactly like that anymore. I think I still go right hand as my premium catching hand now, yeah. but and that kind of makes me feel a little sad. Yeah. Makes me feel sad. Although a couple of years ago, I guess it was probably I just been last year. Yeah, it was last year. In February last year, uh my sister-in-law married my now brother-in-law and we went to Dominican Republic to do it. And at the resort they got married at, they had hitting or batting cages. And uh, my brother-in-law still plays like softball or baseball to this day in like a beer league or something. And I haven't for a while. He's like, you want to go to the to the batting cage? I was like, sure. I'll probably suck because I haven't swung a bat in years. Right. But, uh, the answer was no. Yeah. I did not suck. Yeah. And the guy there was so shocked that we could, he put it up to like 90 and we weren't hitting it, but we were making contact. Yeah. We were fouling the ball off, and he was looking at us like, what? These two, like, pudgy white guys are <laughs> hitting just a 90 told me mile they an hour played in 20 years. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess that doesn't go too far. Like, my first couple swings were a little bit weird. Yeah. And I was doing it barefoot because you're on a resort and you're in, like, a little dirt cage. Right, right. But it, man, it felt good. I got the first good contact on, like, a 75-mile-an-hour one. And I hit it right above the machine into the back net. And he looked at me like, I'm like, do you see nobody hit a baseball here? You're in Dominican Republic. <laughs> like, and, and I understand this is a very here. Americanized resort. Right. But do people who come here and try this just suck beyond belief? Because I could just throw the bat out there and hit a ball up the middle. Like, it's not that hard. I wonder if it's because, like, 300 times a week at some point, during baseball season you can see me just randomly like someone whistling down the road you'll see me just like take a fake swing i do it all the time like you're just bored and you just cock the leg up and i do it all the time and i'm starting to do that with the golf swing now too a little bit oh i don't golf they're very different right well i don't golf either but i i'm i'm trying to you're teaching yourself by air golfing no i i've said this on the air before i have never golfed a a round of golf in my life i've gone to driving ranges i've gone to top golf i've played mini golf but I've never actually golfed. And I actually think I have a decent swing on the driving range. Yeah. So I just try to keep that in tune because if I ever do go out in the course to play, if I have a decent form, then I should be able to do 
somewhat manageable, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. So I just, you know, and they're very, they're, they're very bad swings to do together because baseball brings a lot of bad habits to golf because you open up and right. your, your hips move a lot. And vice and versa. Golf, I mean, golf brings a lot of bad habits right. to golf, baseball. Golf, you have to be very still mm-hmm. and keep your hips locked and loaded. And you can't, you really can't have any excess movements. So it's tough. Yeah. I think mine all stems from in like 1998, 1999, maybe 2000. There was this huge article in Sports Illustrated um, about Alex Rodriguez's swing. And I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but I studied that thing. And it was like basically step by step by step on how A-Rod swings. And I just stood in my front yard and just practiced it. With a bat, without a bat, for hours. Because I wanted to swing like A-Rod. Because I felt A-Rod had such a beautiful swing. I wish I had that kind of commitment. Because I I was actually decent at baseball. I wasn't great. But I was a catcher. And that's always a position of need. So I was able to, to be on the high school team all four years. And uh, But my swing, I lost it when I went from minors to majors in Little League. And for whatever, maybe it's just because I was growing so fast because I'm, I'm, I'm a big dude. If you've never met me, I'm 6'4". I've got wide shoulders. Yeah, I could take you in a fight. I grew really quickly, and maybe it just messed up my mechanics. I didn't really work that hard to get my mechanics back. I had a coach once tell me, like, Mike, just every day take 100 swings in the backyard. It will not take you more than 40 minutes. Yeah. And just go do 100 swings. And I was like, yeah, but Halo. I want to go play Halo instead. <laughs> and that was the problem for me is I couldn't – I didn't try hard enough to improve my hitting to get to a point where I could actually play regularly. I was kind of like the defensive catcher. I was really good at defend uh, catching defensively. So I'd come in late in games and occasionally start, and teams would always back up for me like, oh, there's a big guy, and I'd like strike out. <laughs> I just couldn't <laughs> hit anymore. And I used to be able to hit, and it, and it sucked. Well, you know, I'd I'd gone to the series had, you know, coach put me in, but, uh, you know, his son played on the team, so I never got to play. Uh, My coach was my dad. Oh. Maybe I should have had my dad be a coach. But I was pretty pretty good for a little while. If my dad were the coach of my Little League team, we would have been, like, I don't know, playing, playing soccer or something. My dad didn't know anything about baseball. Which is fine. He was a good dude. Awesome guy. He just didn't know anything about baseball, which is so weird. Like, why do I like baseball? All right, because my mama knows a lot about baseball. She used to think Johnny Bench was dreamy. That Johnny Bench, he's so cute. My mom has an autographed picture of Johnny Bench. To Kathy, love Johnny. I'm probably going to frame that someday. Probably have to wait till mama, you know, kicks the curb. Got to go. Bye. Do something I would do. See you next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas... Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.